you and I have talked about this through the years. Oh um, yeah, because I think about this a lot. Right, and and you know st- uh, what is it? Stephen Covey, uh, one of the seven practices of a higher. Begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Always living with the end in mind, uh, and and if if I have a healthy perspective about death, mm-hmm. healthy, I can enjoy the now, and I can put right perspective on the now. You can be fully present in the now. Yes. Because that unknown, that scary, that all of us, don't get me wrong, I, I, I don't believe anybody who doesn't have some kind of stand before death and, 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 and not be a little sure. in the physical, in the natural man, be a little bit uh, fearful, right? Or uh, hesitant. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Charitable Discourse Podcast, your host being Ben Hartford, as we discuss love. Thank you for that introduction, Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, there we go. boys and girls. <laughs> We're just talking about creative ways to open it, and I think we found it. No so, joke. Thanks for leading us into that. Hey, I do what I can around here. You're going to get a side gig at uh, WNDH now? I'm going to go for, you know, you yeah. and Dave Kleck. Yes, FM is looking for part-time DJs. Really? Yeah. I, I've always, I've always been, I've always wanted to be an on-air DJ. Well, what so. they, what did you tell me before we started this <laughs> I was told one time by an old college friend, I had the face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, does this, is this bad? But I don't even know what Yes FM is. Oh, it's just a local small time like uh, Christian hit Christian, radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like more, Skillet and yep, yep. What's that on the dial? Um, Eighty-eight five. Yeah, yeah. Out of Washington and Toledo. The most, yeah, they have a few different. Oh man. Frequency. Yeah. I guess band. I was just locked in on ninety-six nine. Caleb didn't even realize there was other things going oh, on yeah. in the area. Oh yeah. WBCL. 90.3. I like WBCL. It I feels like more it. local. Yeah, that's what I go it for. It is more local out of Fort Wayne. Yep. What do they play on there? Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Similar to K-Love. Are any of those like, do they have teaching, preaching? In the evenings, they do. Mm-hmm. WBCL. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll have, uh, growing up, that's actually where I discovered my love for Chuck Swindoll because um, we would be in the vehicle with our dad and Chuck Swindoll would come on after baseball practice. And that's where I le- first discovered Chuck Swindoll. WBCL is a good morning program. Yeah. I enjoy listening to their yep. morning program. I bet you do. You. <laughs> they the don't start, person, they don't start not at 4 a.m. If I'm not listening to 1280, the a.m. band, <laughs> yeah. then Morning is relative, though, Ben. Like, your good morning is 6, 5. No, no, no. His morning, he told me he was up at 4.20. That's nighttime to me still. That's, Four that's nighttime to me, too. Yeah, I oh, didn't okay. realize we had rehearsal last night until after 10 uh-huh, when I woke, yeah. chose to woke, wake up. But, well, wow. live and learn. Live and learn. We're here so, this morning, though. Yeah, and uh, podcast is... Uh, Getting my very best this morning, so <laughs> it'll be good. We've got Holy Week Each this week. week. I was just getting ready to say, yep. Nothing like Thursday morning, kind of our things. last day of the last day of the work week for us. So. But yeah, today is um, Monday, Thursday, and today we uh, remember uh, Christ going to the cross. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. we. Uh, Remember by coming together with our Good Friday service and coming to the table, all in preparation for Resurrection Sunday. But I think when we, just like 
Ash Wednesday when we when we come to the to the reality of our own sin and the grip that sin has on this world, this side of eternity, we can truly celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think you, I think the practices uh, that are in place for a lot of Christians, if they're embraced, are meaningful uh, to allow yourself to to go to the depths of despair. Mm-hmm. With the cross, with uh, even what today represents, right? All across the United States, there's Monday, Thursday services, mm-hmm. remembering the Last Supper, mm-hmm. um, the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, right. You know, I was telling you guys, uh, watching those scenes last night with my kids, um, the Garden, again, to me, is just so powerful. Not my will, but thine. The, the struggle, the Jesus in his humanity, mixed obviously with 100% of each, knowing what he was going to do, what he needed to do, but yet the the full weight of sin, mm-hmm. like, it, you know, the, the sweating, the drops of blood in the garden, it's, it's, it's the emotional, the yeah. psychological oh, yeah. weight that he was carrying that he, I think, was fixated on far more than the physical suffering he was about to endure. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying that. Mm-hmm. But just thinking through, like, he knew what was coming. The weight of bearing, you know, the sins of mankind. That that, that, that on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Kind of language. It's it's so deep and rich and what he was experiencing. That, that to me was like why the garden... Of Gethsemane was the most impactful place I went to. I was going to say that you've Israel. both been mm-hmm. there, yeah. right? Just yeah. powerful, yeah. man. I, I just I was more moved there than any other place on my trip. To well, Israel. in reality, that's where that's where that the the last chance he made the the last chance he had to make the decision. He could have walked away mm-hmm. at that point in time and said, "You know what? It's not worth it. They are not worth it." Yep. But it's in that moment to where we see the love of Christ as he gets up and he walks towards his betrayer knowing full well what was about to happen, and yet he still goes through with it. And yeah. he walks ahead of them, Yeah, his disciples. I mean, I've shared that in, in our worship time mm-hmm. before with uh, communion and coming to the table. Like, he made that decision here. Yep, yep. So that's impactful. probably a tell. Sorry. Go ahead. That's probably a tell for us, isn't it? Um, oftentimes, uh, we win the battle before the battle. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? I, oh, yeah. Learning that yeah. in my own life... Uh, Experiencing that, that if I'm ready, if I've already came to the place of, yep. of surrender to Christ, to surrender to His will, mm-hmm. to uh, allow my heart to be ready, mm-hmm. you win the battle before the yeah, battle. Absolutely, and you, we see that in the garden. We see that in the scene where the battle, like you mentioned, the battle was there as these sweating drops of blood. In the battle, he he walked he walked from the the garden victorious already because he was already surrendered to the will of the Father. And it can only happen sometimes in prayer. Yeah. I was reminded of that last mm-hmm. night, that the yeah. the primacy of prayer, the necessity of prayer in mm-hmm. our lives. Like, to pray... So I came from a, a background that was uh, unique, not unique, but, you know, and there was some old school, but they used to use this word called pray through, this mm-hmm. phrase, pray through, pray through on things. And, and I see the validity of it now. I watch people pray through on things, what they came to was a fixed, settled faith, trust, reliance, 
and a decision made to follow Christ yeah, before good. whatever they were walking through. They prayed through. Yeah. And he prayed through before the battle and he was yep. he could endure then the suffering. Absolutely. And and not and embrace it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So because then they show up and he's already conquered that. Yeah. There's resolve there. That's exactly what it is. And he and then he carries it out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's powerful. Those are good words to think about, I think, today, on a day like today. Yeah. And and you've decided you know, over the last couple of weeks and into this Sunday, uh, settling on that big four-letter word, love. Mm-hmm. This is love. First week, we, we came to the reality of, of the, the impact that sin has mm-hmm. as it relates to Christ then. And this last week, we in Palm Sunday, we discussed death mm-hmm. and the reality of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this these last couple of weeks and even moving into this Sunday, I think, are going to be, um, they've, they've really lent to good discussion and reflection. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, just trying every year, you're telling the same story, but the implications of that story, uh, it's like a diamond. You just can yeah. look at it on different sides. It's yeah. beautiful, and it's different lights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how that is. And so just thinking through maybe that these three weeks, love forgives sins, that's what love looks like. It forgives sins. Mm-hmm. Love conquers death. That's what that's what love looked like. That's that's mm-hmm. what love looked like for him. He took down our greatest enemy. Yeah. And then uh, we'll talk about he makes all things new um, this week on Easter. But I kind of obviously thinking that love impacts our past, our present, and our future. Yeah. You know, like this last week, death. Mm-hmm. The f- we all are going to face it. No one can run from it. No matter how good a quality of life that you have mm-hmm. or strive for, I tried to really talk about that, mm-hmm. that so much of our energy is is consumed with quality of life now. And I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm into that too. I like quality of life, right? I, I want things to be more convenient. I want us to be more effective. I want us to figure out how to do best practices and better things to impact more people. All those things are good, but at the end of the day, if that's our end goal, what are we going to do when it all, you know, like John Ortberg says, the pieces all go back in the box, we all die. Right. And so mm-hmm. the, the phrase from the sermon that I keep remembering is, um, you know, people strive for quality of life but lack confidence in death. Hmm. Yeah. And confidence in death is the most important thing for all of us. Right. Yeah. Because this is temporary, we are eternal, you better understand that component of your life because a lot of us a lot of people fear death mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with it i try to talk through like the different types yeah the, the different types of people <laughs> yeah. they you know the i'm not going to think about it or yeah. it's all going to be okay yeah. we had or, life group this last sunday and you know this it was a good conversation hey you know what do you identify with he he spoke about some different types of death do you deny that and just choose not to think about it do you <laughs> Think grandma's up there playing cards with all of her friends. Do you, you know, how, what is your. The I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing center field for the St. Louis Cardinals kind of idea. Like that's, you know. That's your heaven. <laughs> like well, that's what people do though, <laughs> yeah. right? They just oh, yeah. magnify yeah. the best experiences oh, yeah. on earth. And again, don't get me wrong. New heaven, new earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be beyond our imagination. Absolutely. Yeah. But we, you know, we, we, we romanticize because we don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I think I think it's interesting that we actually are limiting God 
by thinking that our expectations will be the most fulfilling things ever, that our greatest wish, and we actually limit God by our greatest wishes, and God's like, if you only knew, your greatest wish doesn't even come close to the to the most minuscule thing that you're going to experience in death. Yeah, if your greatest Sorry. wish is that the Buckeyes win the national championship in heaven every year. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's so far beyond that. God's like, you're just putting me in the tiniest <laughs> of boxes. St. Louis Cardinals winning right, the World right, Series. Right, right, But I love some of the... Some of the um, points that you drew out of that because, you know, you said living with the end in mind uh, brings the right perspective to the now. And, mm, yeah. you know, it really took me immediately to a place of, uh, I've done a few funerals for saints. And, you know, this lady in particular that was an absolute saint in our, our church, the the legacy that she left in the lives of her children, her children's children, their children, and she really seemed to live with the end in mind. She would pray through things, mm-hmm. and I see, I see people like that in the faith, and I'm like, they they get it. Mm-hmm. They didn't misplace those values. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a there was a sense of of comfort and ease in in certain things and areas of life, but that wasn't her religion. That wasn't what she lived for. She li- what she lived for was so much greater. And now that she's no longer on this earth. Um, the legacy that she left and the generational impact that she made lives on. Yeah. You and I have talked about this through the years. Oh, um, yeah. Because I think about this a lot. Right. And, and you know, st- uh, what is it? Stephen Covey, uh, one of the seven practices of a higher... Get with the end of mind, yeah. Yeah. You know, live with the end in mind. Right. That's kind of where I'm thinking as I go through this, the mm-hmm. practices of effective people or it's whatever. It's actually it one of my books I'm going to read. Yeah, seven re-read highly effective people. On my sabbatical. Yeah. Just to, yeah. Just to remind myself great of book, these things. Great book. Uh, great. Yeah. But um, yeah, always living with the end in mind. Uh, and and if, yeah. if I have a healthy perspective about death, mm-hmm. healthy, I can enjoy the now and I can put right perspective on the now. You can be fully present in the now. Yes. Because that unknown, that scary, that all of us, don't get me wrong, I, I, I don't believe anybody who doesn't have some kind of stand before death and, 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 and not be a little sure. in the physical, in the natural man, be a little bit uh, fearful, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, hesitant. Mm-hmm. Like, and my hesitancy is... now actually comes from the fact that I've got two children now. Right. So for me... It's not necessarily self-preservation it's, as no, much it's, as... Yeah. It's, it's of what I can. it's what I can impart to them. And I want as many minutes now on this earth as I can to impart, yeah. you know, wisdom in Christ to be and, there and for them. to be there for them. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and I don't want to go too far off track here, but even at the beginning of this Lenten season, when we were discussing Ash Wednesday, um, the story that keeps on coming back to me is the story with Nathaniel. As Jesus, Jesus sees Nathaniel in, in, in John one before before Nathaniel comes up. And don't you think that's part of the perspective that we need to have, that in living in the moment, they have a right perspective on death. We then need to understand Jesus sees us right now, and he knows everything that we're going through. And like, how powerful is that for us when we know that right now, whatever we are going through, whatever we're experiencing, we are seen and we are known. And and, and God knows right now everything that we're going through. And I, even though... It, Things may be bad or, uh, or something's going on. I know that God sees me and that he is sovereign and he is faithful and he is just. And this then leads to a right perspective on how I then live my life in the mm-hmm. present. Yeah. 
because of how much I know in the midst of God loving me. It's not that he's just some far off distant person, like he's writing me pen pal letters saying, I love you, but he actually has full sovereignty over everything that's going on. And I know that in the midst of this, in the midst of my own bad decisions or good decisions, he is still there. He's still he places very present. an interest exactly. in you. And a very enough. active interest. And for us, we're, we're reasonably comfortable first world. Sure. It's more theoretical in nature, but being attracted the last few weeks to the idea that you know, maybe it's because of Ukraine, mm-hmm. but the suffering. Yeah. Like they just dug up 400 bodies yesterday. Yeah. It, out of a grave. 400 bodies that mm-hmm. were just the, the suffering of a Christian. Yeah. In, Even some of the stuff out of Shanghai right now. Yes. Being being locked like in. And, those words you just said yeah. are way more impactful. Mm. Like I'm seen, I'm known, I'm held. Yeah. Even though this temporary world, yeah. it's not going to work out for yeah. me. I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to starve. I'm going to be hungry. Yeah. I'm going to physically, you know, uh, to, to, to understand who, who I am in Christ. I mean, I think it goes right back to, and again, it's, it's a lot easier said from a first world perspective, but we go to Romans 8, and Romans 8, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth the comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. If there is something, I mean, then it, it goes on then, uh, talking, about, talking about God's love. And it says in verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how we tried to finish up. That's what we finished up on Sunday. Oh, man, I would have known that, too. 37 through 30. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, man, you just let me keep on going. I I just, just, we just Justin, looked at each other and smiled. He smirking at he me took, like this. Justin took a well-deserved weekend <laughs> yeah, sure. away, and it was good, but I had to snicker because <laughs> that's, looking a, at that's me. great insight. <laughs> like this how smile, like, I, must, I must be doing something really right here. And then, <laughs> yeah. Here I we thought. talked about that more than conquerors, though. Yeah. The, yeah. the idea, like, you have a Nike shirt on today, and then that word, the basis for more than conquerors word, Nike grabbed that. That's And it's the, hey, we didn't win on a buzzer beater. Mm. Mm-hmm. We didn't, uh, it wasn't a hard-fought victory. Utterly destroyed. Yeah. We walked on the floor, and we were already into our third string by the end of the first quarter. I love that. And that's, but what that's the, language the love is of being... Christ. Exactly. Not conquerors, more, more than, than conquerors. conquerors. Through Him, yeah. who loves us, and, and so they, lo- this the love of Christ is so yeah. impactful. Yeah, and and then like we talked about Sermon on the Mount. For me, yeah. one of the big things was I looked at the Sermon on the Mount as often like, wow, this whole new reality that God's calling me to live in. As I preached through it this time, I realized a big part of that reality is my relationship to others. Yeah. Loving others. And if I'm infused with the love of Christ, my past, my my sins Mm -hmm. are forgiven, death is conquered, Mm -hmm. he's making all things new, those things in my life Mm -hmm. that I I can, like, be a more than conqueror through him that, like, because I'm experiencing his love, then I am capable of then loving others. Yeah. You know, and the Sermon on the Mount, to me, for me, for me, and shame on me, maybe, for have seen it from a different perspective too long, but like, there's so much in there that's like, okay, the way you look like me, 
mm-hmm. is the way you interact with others and put them first and love them and yeah. and so I had an opportunity to um, to share at a, a wedding and did did a wedding this last weekend and I'm like you know I don't know what am I what am I going to talk about what are we going to talk about and then uh, you know First Corinthians thirteen read at most weddings that was one that was they had they decided to to read and so I said I'm going to sit on this and we're gonna we're gonna break down what love it in the sandwiched in the middle Paul has this this chapter on love in the middle of the spiritual gifts and the different giftings and things. And, um, and there's so much there that I think is often maybe just kind of flyover country for a lot of people. It, it, it makes sense in a ceremony. And so we read it. And so I just kind of spent some time kind of developing some of those ideas of, you know, so much of this passage runs contrast and direct contradiction with what the world defines as love because what they actually mean is lust. Mm. Lust after you're the things of your own heart. You know, that's where you'll find happiness and seek these things. And that's not what Paul's writing mm. when he talks about what love means, being patient and kind, kind and mm-hmm. it's not self-serving or, or self-indulgent, but it's yeah. selfless. And yeah. so we spent a lot of time uh, just just going over that. Love yeah, isn't like what immediately makes us happy. Yeah. What makes us immediately happy, that's not love. And I think so often we think that whatever makes us happy, whatever makes us feel good, if then that then that must be love, right? But that's just a redefinition. That's and, defining love as a feeling and not as a decision and a choice. And there we go. And, you know, we just talked about Christ and Gethsemane and knowing his, you know, his ultimate love was a decision. I don't think he was feeling it in the moment. But he wasn't. He, there was complete it, right? resolve and decision was made yeah. that I know the will of the Father and I will carry this through. And when we taught, when we see that as our model for love and against now the Sermon on the Mount, this is a choice. This is, I will love despite the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. I will choose to respond and in these ways is. despite the way that I feel. And that's true love. Yeah. That's because Absolutely. true love is no longer focused inward, but it's focused outward. And what you can do, how can you serve? someone else around service you. above self and exactly. this is why for me marriage <laughs> has helped me immensely because once you once you enter into this to mm-hmm. becoming one like either the health of your marriage not only the sustainability mm-hmm. and the staying together but the health I always talk about this in premarital yeah. counseling yeah I don't care you know I, I want you to stay together like I obviously so often like we need counseling so we don't get divorced. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a bare minimum. Yeah. I want you to become lifelong companions, yeah. not partners. Yeah. That's the but it is not possible unless you understand yeah. love is a choice. Right. And I think what is it about eighteen months is what the average the infatuation honeymoon, yeah. honeymoon period lasts. So hey, good news is you you have some forward momentum going into this. Yeah. But what do you do with it? Do you just... You yeah, you know? embrace all those things of infatuation, right. of love, of honeymoon. Those right. those are natural. But like you're saying, and, and you know, we're walking through this now 18 years, I'm, I'm happier in my marriage than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And not that I was unhappy at any point, but I'll tell you what, it would not have happened if I would have if we would have lived by how we felt all the time. And I think that's why over 50, you know, 50% of marriages in the United States crumble because love has been based on the wrong thing. It's been, re- like you said, Justin, it's been redefined. Sure. We redefine what yeah. love is. Yeah. At the core of it, it's, it's Gethsemane. 
Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. Yeah. I encourage them, try to outserve one another. Yeah. When you try to outserve one another, you both win. Yep. 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 Without and you know, my my brother was giving this lesson to the youth last night. If you're entering into a relationship, or in this case, marriage, with this idea of, well, what if they don't serve me back? And his point was, then you've already you've already done it incorrectly. You're already entering into a wrong mindset. You have to be already resolved to serve them, Regardless. even if they don't, even if they aren't serving you. That's, this is the mind. This is the heart of Christ. He yeah. served us. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us, knowing that there were going to be people who would not who would not turn around and receive that from him. But yet he still died for the world. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. I mean, if we remember like the Sermon on the Mount, he says that few are going to be exactly the way. Christ knew this, and yet he died for, for all. For all. I have a feeling for the next 12 months, we're going to be referencing the Sermon on the Mount for all. I mean, <laughs> we're just going to keep on coming back I'm to happy it. about that. Absolutely. It's, it's Absolutely. enhanced my life. Shouldn't it influence uh, every area? It is. It is It is so powerful. My, my question, though, I have to jump back to this, the whole 18 months thing. Does that, does that, does that also include coworker relationships? Uh, is there like a period of a honeymoon phase and then things just go... Go south from there, or is that just marriage? <laughs> Not if you keep uh, if you keep choosing to do the right thing. Okay. You surprise what happens. He made coffee before the podcast, and he's I mean, not a I'm, coffee drinker. I'm super appreciative. So of that. he was way to serve to the common serve greater other. good. That's right. Keep it coming. Keep <laughs> Recognize keep me. Serving him well. <laughs> Don't even tell Ben the kind of coffee that you get at this. At the, he doesn't even get coffee. He gets That's like what a, I knew it was coming. Like, here it comes, like because I'm still not at Ben's level. I'm not manly man with my coffee. I it's put okay. a little bit I know of cream ben loves me. I know there is a <laughs> selfless servant that comes from Ben towards me. <laughs> He's patient and he is kind. I think it's pity. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, that, that'll that'll trigger Justin right there. Do not pity Justin. I know that's why I said it. <laughs> Oh man, I'm bearing. Around. I am bearing all things right now. This, this is where I'm, I'm. I'm bearing all things and enduring all things with the two of you. <laughs> I, I love this. This the, the day we're doing this and the yeah. theme of this podcast, though, as we um, have talked about it, like what love at, at its core is. Yeah, Christ is is choosing. Mm-hmm. You said like something a few minutes ago. Like I don't think he was feeling it in the garden. Well, the the implication of the language is. He was actually probably feeling the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, he says, not it wasn't my a will. good feeling. It was bad feelings. Yeah. And he wasn't like he was neutral, mm-hmm. or it was like he did not seemingly, there were parts of him that did not want to do this. If yeah. it be, if there's any way possible, let the cup pass from me. But not my will, yours be done. You know, I think it's just this fantastic point. We can talk about love all day. And we can try to come to this understanding of what love is, but we're told in First John that God is love. And we cannot, we cannot fully comprehend God. So therefore, we cannot fully comprehend what love is either. But what we do know is we love, it says in verse 19 from chapter 4, we love because he first loved us. Um, and we, we cannot redefine love. We can't change love to make it more um, appealing to ourselves. Because when we do that, we're attempting to change who God is. But the thing is, God gave everything, gives everything, chases us with everything. Therefore, this is love. It is not our responsibility to change that.